This program is brought to you by ABBA Claims Consultants. Chess is the owner and a licensed public adjuster and appraiser. You can find more information about ABBA Claims by visiting www.abbaclaims.com. That's www.abbaclaims.com. Chess Bostic has spent the last 23 years as an insurance adjuster. His mantra has always been by putting God first, being in a state of appreciation, and leading by example, everyone around him grows. In this show, Chess will share his journey and conduct dynamic interviews with entrepreneurs about their passions and what makes them tick. Welcome to First Things First with Chess Bostic. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for uh, chiming in. Sade McMillan is the CEO of Sella Respite Care. Her company specializes in home care that serves the primary caregivers for children and young adults 2 to 35 that have mild to severe neurological and de uh, developmental disorders. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology from Central State University and a master's degree in counseling from the Dallas Baptist University. She has been a curriculum writer for the Waterfall Academy here in Richardson, Texas, and also she's been an autism trainer for the Dallas Police Department. She's a parent herself. Her and her daughter listen to a lot of music, and her favorite book is the Bible. Sade says that the parents are the true superheroes these days, and that even superheroes need a break. And with that, let me welcome Sade McMillan. Thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. Good. Thank you for coming. Yes, thank you. Tell us about Sella Respite. What is that all about? So Salah Respite is a premier child care service for children and adults ages 2 to 35 with severe to mild neurological um, disorders. We focus primarily on kids and adults with autism. Mm -hmm. um, these are the type of children and adults that can't go into traditional care. They're kicked out of care, kicked out of church, mm -hmm. um, kicked out of school. So we try to give the parents the option to have in-home care and give them a break. Um, oftentimes a lot of our clients they don't leave their houses um, whenever unless it's absolutely necessary for them to leave their houses so right. going to like Target or Walmart or to dinner is a challenge for right. these parents so we want to give them a time to pause and reflect Salah is a Hebrew word in the book of Psalms in the Bible and it translates to break or pause or time to reflect oh, nice. um, so I know as a parent myself sometimes I'm like with my daughter I'm like child please be still please be quiet <laughs> we've all and experienced that yes right? so as a parent you know we kind of get that frustration with our children and western society kind of tells us that no 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 you're not allowed to want time to yourself and the autism community does that to these parents and they end up with a diagnosis of their own usually mm -hmm. major depressive disorder and they're having rips in their marriages and in their friendships and sometimes they have multiple children some are on the spectrum and some are not and these relationships often fail and you get the child left behind syndrome and you get uh, marriages on the brink of divorce and right. parents that don't have a life outside of their children and that can cause a lot of uh, neglect and abuse um, on both sides, the children's yeah. side and the parents' side. So we want to help these parents have that option of having in-home care for them to kind of take a breath. I can only imagine how stressful it is. Uh to deal and have someone with special needs like that, yes. it, it's, it's, it's taxing. If you have elderly parents, you know that uh, we deal with stuff like that 
even then. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about it. So, and I know a little bit about it, but I don't understand it. Tell us a little bit about autism. What, 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 how would we recognize that? What's it all, what's it about? You know what? It's hard to put it in a box almost. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until 1970 that we even had the diagnosis of autism. They were diagnosing as schizophrenia. Um, because it has a lot of schizophrenia, um, it, it mirrors schizophrenia a lot because some of these kids have echolalia where they, um, they just repeat things that they hear. Um, some of them have um, mild to severe behaviors to where they could be headbanging or flopping or running out of uh, situ situations or rooms or even their own house. Um, so I'm not an expert in autism as far as like the diagnosis and things, right. but nobody really is because doctors are still baffled. We still don't know what causes autism or who's at risk or um, what geographical, like what geo tag they can put it in. Is it like a United States problem or is it a global problem? Um, so we're not able to pinpoint that just yet. So and from what I understand, it's not really a mental disorder because some folks that have been diagnosed with autism are brilliant. They, yes. Yeah. You know, all kids and adults with autism are brilliant. Um, they're just in different ways um, to where you and I may think like brilliant is, oh, this person has IQ out of the roof. They can write well, they can speak well. But if you've known anybody that's smart, they're very like quirky. And some people have things that are different about them. And the same thing goes with children and adults with autism to where a child might be nonverbal, but they can um, paint the entire globe, if you ask them to, or they can pinpoint different um, things. And children with autism, they're able to learn. Um, they're able to communicate. It just depends on what their advantages, advantages and disadvantages are. Right. Um, because they, we can speak non-verbally and we can speak verbally, but um, some kids and adults with autism are limited. So they really hone in on what they can do and what and not hone in on what they can't do like playing the piano or being an yes. artist or something mm -hmm. like that and you know where i get most of my knowledge about autism is the show on tv my wife and i watched the show called the good doctor yes and that guy is brilliant i mean it's incredible their memories are uh amazing mm -hmm. uh, so they uh, tell us a little bit about what how in the world did you ever decide to get into this business what are what 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 interested you originally way back you know, <clears throat> even today, I don't want to be a CEO or a business owner. It's something <laughs> that God really um, keeps pushing me in. If I'm honest, I've tried to get out of this business multiple times um, because it's, it's hard. You know, yeah. being a CEO, it's hard being a boss. And it's hard uh, because not only do you have your families to take care of, but you also have other your employees' families to take mm -hmm. care of. And then you have your clients and these families that need you. Um, but really, it was when I was doing ABA, which is apl ABA? Applied Behavioral Analysis, and it's a analysis. therapy that helps children with autism. It redirects certain behaviors, and it teaches them how to talk and um, how to ask for things functionally. Um, it's a whole science, wow. and it's basically re rewiring the brain um, for like functional, appropriate responses to stimuli. Um, but I didn't like it. It was so overwhelming, um, and... There are good ABA clinics and there are bad ABA clinics, um, just like anything. So um, I left ABA to go into the school district and um, 
I didn't like that either. It's so much red tape in the school district and you have to go to ARDS, which are meetings for special needs children and you have to teach them what the district wants to teach them. And I'm more of like a social emotional person. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not like an ABC one, two, three type of. Um, so you want to figure out a way to help people. Yes, I, I, I really want, um, I'm, I have my master's in counseling. So I'm more like social emotional is my mm -hmm. thing. So um, I ended up not redoing my credentials for my special needs credentialing for uh, the state. And of course, I had to leave my job. And the day that I left my job was the day that Salah Respite turned one. So I took that oh. as a sign from God and never looked back. So this Friday on the 28th is my CEO birthday. So oh, cool. I'll be a Congratulations. thank you. I have a full year of being a CEO and I have loved and hated it <laughs> the whole way. But Every day. yes, but seeing God move on my behalf has been the most uh, monumental thing for me. Um, uh, it's, I have done so much in this year, but that in itself is like my greatest accomplishment. Um, trusting true. and uh, allowing God to use me and uh, open doors and close doors and crack a window and giving me insight and information um, with this population has been breathtaking. Well, that's that's nice, and I I know your your approach is really more towards not so much the diagnosis and the help with the actual patients or the the children or whoever that may mm -hmm. be, but giving the parents a break and and giving them some relief and. Yes. And just letting them get away, so they can. And a lot of folks aren't able to do that. Yeah. Uh, is this a unique? It seems to me like your field is like wide open. I mean, yeah. who? Anybody else doing that? Well, you know what? There's no companies that I know of that's specifically targeting this right. um, industry. But I know that there are some sole prioritizers. Um, that do it, that are wonderful. Like um, one is the missing piece of DFW, Mariah, she's awesome. Um, and she's a colleague of mine and you have other people that do it just so prior On their own, in other words, On their, they yeah, go sit yeah, with the family yeah, or something they, like they go sit with the family, with the kids and things of that nature. So it's not something that's new, but we're the only ones that does it on a wide scale where we have employees and we have people that are in multiple locations um, right. doing this service. But most of the time when parents find us, they're like, I've never met anybody or seen a business uh, that does this. I've had the same caregiver from way back when or they use family, which can be taxing because um, caregivers get burnt out just like parents get burnt out. So with a company um, like Salah Respite, we're able to switch out providers and do work-life balance so that we can guarantee continuous but certifiable care. And you get fresh sure. people in there and a fresh eye. Yes, right? absolutely. Right. What about, tell us about the in-home support and that uh, how many folks do you have working for you or with you and do you send those people out? Uh, they have a schedule, they go out and visit the families and is that how it works? Yes. So basically, we hire the best and the brightest. We go out scouting for um, personnel that have like um, a lot of background in special needs care. So they come from a behavioral analysis therapist, or mm -hmm. they are working on their degrees in neurolog uh, in like a, the neural world, or they come from special education teaching, or they have a long standing, or they have a child with autism themselves, or a right. family member, and they have that um, intensive care. But we also partner with some AB 
MBA companies that do like behavior uh, training with us. And we have a BCBA that um, that's my personal mentor that I talk to to kind of put some plans in together to where it's not set in stone, like it's not a clinical thing, but um, it helps us navigate uh, for our kiddos that we do care for. Right now we have about 20 employees and oh. we're in Dallas and in Houston. Okay. So um, yeah, I'm happy with that. And basically we do a perfect match to where we per we don't match just based upon um, need or qualifications, but we base upon personality. Like, personality yeah. So where some families are very strict, like they have a very strict structured home life. Right. So you need a strict and structured respite care provider. So if you have someone that's very free, Mm -hmm. You're not going to put mm -hmm. them with a structured family right. and vice versa. If you have a family that's just like, you know what, like, you show me what That'll to blow do. up on you. I've seen that wife shop with that wife swap show where they yes. put somebody that, that doesn't work. Yes, well, so. because the recipe provider becomes a part of the family. And right. They have to fit inside that family right. um and with us we have had clients to where we have switched out respite care providers three or four mm -hmm. times to try to get that perfect match but the good thing about that is that we're doing it it's not the parents having to fire someone and hire someone and go out and find someone we already have a database of people and we're like okay give us a day we'll swap mm -hmm. them out does this person fit no okay we'll take that person out and then usually that person gets reassigned and if it's something that's like an error in judgment on the provider side or they're not going by rules and regulations then um i'm not gonna lie to you i use that at will um, right. Texas very frequently um, because you, you keep good control of it. Right? Yes, because these kids, um, I meet all of the parents and I meet all the children. There's no one on our um, on our database or right. any of our clients that I have not met personally that don't That's know good. my name personally that I haven't met. So these kids become like my own children. The only thing difference between the children that we serve and my own child is that my own child has first priority. But I love these children wholeheartedly and um, I would never put someone um, or allow anybody to go into a place that I didn't feel like You're was You're going to go with fit. your heart and do what's right. Yes, right? absolutely. Well, tell, I just thought of something. Tell me about the dynamic. What happens if you have a child with autism and, but what if a parent's got autism too? What if you've got a couple parents possibly in the same home with autism? How does that work? Well, you know what? That's a good question. We haven't really had anyone that um, had autism and had a child with autism. What if they don't know they have autism? And just a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we all have a little bit of like autism, ADHD inside of us. We all have our, our quirks. Um, but um, what's a quirk? Quirk is like, you know, like <laughs> when you like, like me, like I sleep my house three times a day. I've got quirks. Yeah, so it bothers me to see stuff on the floor to where you'll see some children with autism where they don't like to touch. They don't like to be dirty. Right. They don't like the like, things. So we have like little quirks. That doesn't mean that we're diagnosed. Like we can be diagnostic um, about it and be diagnosed right. with autism. But um, typically we give resources to the parents as well. Um, we partner with a lot of like psychiatrists. So you give them education? Yeah. Oh, so okay. if uh, so, a lot of times if parents are like, you know, if, if I can see that your marriage is crumbling, I'm going to, you know, slightly be like, hey, like I know a really good counselor. I know a really good counselor. How about y'all need to go out on a date and let us take care of yeah, the Yeah. And then we that, offer that, that time um, and I always encourage the parents not, you know, you can use the hours for whatever you want. But a lot of parents, they use it for when they're at work. But it's right. supposed to be for you to go out and make friends. Yeah, you got to go, go live with, a little bit. Right? Yeah. And if, especially for our single parents, because they don't get to date. So it's right. like, imagine 
introducing a child that has all of these different behaviors and um, you bring you try to bring home a date for a nightcap and your kid is wailing and you're like, oh, like that my child. So right. it's just um, helps parents kind of do what normal people do. Uh, not to say that they're not normal, but everyday things like going on on a date shouldn't be as strenuous as it is right. for them. Right. And to see that there's no resources for the parents. It's every resource is for the kids. You want to be able to let them go on a date, let them go have fun, and yeah. not worry about what's going on at the yeah. house. Yeah, right? and a lot of our parents are very young. They're in yeah. their high 20s, low 30s. Mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, I'm 26. So right. I couldn't imagine not being able to, you know, go to happy hour with friends or have a night out with the girls. Right. Um, and we take these things very um for granted the things that we're able to do especially parents um, because kids can really stop and start your life if it's necessary and if it's severe let me let's do this i want to back up for a little bit and not talk so much about business but tell me do you feel like you're living your passion do you yes, feel like you, you do you were quick to answer yes i definitely feel like i'm living my passion i definitely feel like i am in a, my um my god-given um purpose. Right. Um, and a lot of people don't find their purpose. Um, sometimes we die with purpose because we don't allow God to kind of put us in a space. Um, but I think that God really um, set forth for me to do this. He's been there every step of the way. I mean, it's been times <clears throat> over the last year that I haven't been able to pay my rent and mm -hmm. something has happened the day of when rent is due every and that's been every month right. and when so um, now you don't worry about it anymore yeah right? i don't i don't really worry about much people if, if my rent's not paid and my friend's like what are you going to do i was just say i'm going to ask god for it right? yeah i have faith for it and if even if it doesn't mm -hmm. um fulfill even if the rent doesn't come and i get um evicted i'm like okay this is all in god's plan yeah. and everything's going to work right. together so right. um i think once you're in the hot seat for so long it starts to feel lukewarm so you're using high. all of those experiences to get through each one that comes yes, about, right? Yes, absolutely. That's right. That's good. Well, tell me, when you realized, how did it feel? How did you recognize that this was your dream? How did you recognize, and how do you know that this is your passion? What, is it, what does that feel like? Because a lot of folks out there don't know, because my wife and I talk about this a lot. I do what I know to do. And I, I really, honestly, I don't know if I know what my passion is because I can't think of anything that I want to do every day. Yeah. Well, you know what? I serve a good God and right. God is very intentional with me um, as he is with everybody. So it's been times where I have tried to um, apply for different jobs and I know that I'm qualified for this job and I've had like inside scoop, like I've known the hiring manager and never got a call back. If God is continuously redirecting you, redirecting you and you know, it's like you try to open up a door yourself and it slams shut, mm -hmm. you know that you're in the room that God wants you to be. And it's overwhelming sometimes um, because we read the Bible and we learn about all these different Bible characters and how God is moving and grooving with them. And sometimes we feel like, well, that's not me, right. you know, but I'm living the life of a Bible character where God has made somebody that I always tell people like, I'm not special or I'm not, you know, I don't have a special prayer. I'm not using a potion or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm just a regular 
uh, average Joe Smo, but God has made me into somebody. Right. So <clears throat> if you look into the Bible, the people that were nobody or people that were terrible people, um, Paul, for example, like he was killing Christians and he ended up being one of the most monumental That's people right. in the Bible. Um, that's when you know you're in true purpose, and sometimes it's it's scary, it um, because it's like you know to know that God really exists. It's not easy to take a take a leap of faith. You know, right? it's not um, taking a leap of faith is basically uh, jumping off of a bridge and then creating an airplane as you're falling, <laughs> and trusting that even if I hit the water, I won't drown. Right. Or it's like looking down the barrel of a gun and you see the bullet. And you see the person behind it ready to pull the trigger, but you just have faith that you're not going to pull that trigger. And that, right. you know, it's no weapon against me shall prosper, but that doesn't mean it, it says that it won't prosper, but it doesn't say that the weapon will never form. So you'll see some AK-47s, you'll see some bombs, um, but you have to have faith that they won't go off. And it won't, and even if it does go off, it won't ruin you or kill you. How do you know you're following your guidance? I, I, you, you said a minute ago that you serve a faithful God. How do you how do you know that you're doing what you're guided to do? How how, how does this how make you feel? Because um, with me, I look at finances a lot Fine. because I have I have a daughter. You know, right. you have to have money to take care of kids, and every time I have had to get to my last dollar money has just came in. I remember right. one time I uh, had to take my daughter to the doctor. I had $65 in my account. I had to pay a copay of $40. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm at my last $15, $20. And I didn't have any invoices that were due or anything. And then I get a surprise. No money was coming, no money was coming in. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, okay, God, I'm just going to trust you because there's nothing for me to do. Right. Um, and I had donated eggs um, to a family in North Carolina that couldn't have a baby. And they, I had already received payment for that and everything, but I go to, and something was just like, check the mailbox. So after I dropped my daughter back at school, I'm like, you know, I'm in this rut. Mm -hmm. um, and I check the mailbox and there's a check for $275. Nice. So where God is like, I got you. Every time right. something like a wall comes up, God is just plowing through. And that's how you know when you're in your purpose. When things just, just keep working out. Right. Everything that's scary and God's like, nope, I got you. I got your back. Uh -huh. uh, you don't have any money? I'm going to do this. Uh, you don't, you, you need clothes? I'm going to do this. To where it comes out of places that you don't set up. So it's not you. It's not like I'm making a GoFundMe, like, hey, I need money. <laughs> or, you know, doing a pity thing. Like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm serving the kids with autism. Help me. Right. You know, give me money. Um, but it's more of the background of me asking God, like, okay, God, like, I need to pay my car note or I'm not going to be able to do this. Right. And God has been... My financial officer, he's been my loan officer. He's um, He's been just changing the whole dynamic. The guidance counselor. Yes, and it makes me think of the um, of Elijah in the Bible when God told him to go to the brook. And Elijah's like, okay, I'll go to the brook. And the brook dried up. But it says that um, in the Bible that uh, he was being fed by crows or some other vulture. I can't remember the name of the bird. But vultures don't bring food. They take mm -hmm. away food. So, right. so God told him, like, these vultures are going to feed you. So to so the fact that God has changed characteristics about people for my own benefit um, right. has been awesome. Well, one thing that I've noticed that I think you're saying throughout this whole thing is that, well, in, like in my career, 
of being an insurance of public adjuster, my whole career has been about going after money. Mm -hmm. In other words, I'm always working insurance claims and trying to get somebody some money. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? To yeah. get a claim paid properly. And as a result of that, I make money. Mm -hmm. And everybody seems to select a career or a career path and they're always you know, looking at it to decide, do I want to do that and how much money can I make? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't sound to me like that was your deciding factor No. When, when you started doing this. It's not all about the money. No, it's not. Um, even if it was all about the money, I would be sadly mistaken <laughs> <laughs> um, because we have a backwards approach on how, we, how I take um, funds for the company because oh, tell us about we charge parents $25 an hour, but our lowest paid employee is $15. So mm -hmm. we're making less than the respite care providers to where I wanted to make a service that wasn't like, you know, it's not dirt cheap. I'm not going to say like it's the cheapest service ever. Mm -hmm. However, right. it's something that's manageable. And I'd rather give services to a thousand people that can afford, you know, four hours of respite a month Absolutely. than to have, you know, this small niche of people that are well to do that's paying $35, $45 an hour and I'm paying my employees $11 and kind right. of taking in that money. And um, I haven't went without with that to a lot of business people um, have told me like, you're crazy. Right. How are you going to But they're live? all about the money. But they're all about the money, and right. this is about passion. and um, It's about being in a uh, service, too. Yes, it's about being in a service and listening to what God has for you. So God will have, have you doing some stuff that um, that other people don't uh, agree we with. Call it pro, we call some of that stuff the as you do pro bono. In other words, you help people and you don't yeah. charge them. Yeah, so it's just um, following God has been very... Um, it's been scary, but it's been very uh, beneficial as well because right. I think had I tried to chase the bottom line, there mm -hmm. would be no business right. right now. I probably would have failed a long time ago. That's awesome. Well, one thing that we talk about a lot is we always want to follow our guidance, and we, we, we try to decide and feel how it feels in our heart, right? Mm -hmm. If it feels good you know, and it feels light, then do it. Right. Uh, if it doesn't, uh, like your auto, your check engine light will come on. Uh, if it's heavy, uh, don't do it. You probably mm -hmm. shouldn't move forward. Um, how do you, how do you make decisions? Uh, and, and how do you go about your day? How, how, how do you do that? So, um, when I make decisions, I first, I stop and pray about it. Um, okay. I, I will be lying if I said that some, some days are not tear filled. Um, mm -hmm. Because some decisions are hard to make. It, everything doesn't always work out um, in a straight line. Sometimes it's, it's jagged. Uh, but I kind of look at where the business is. Um, I look at my employees that I have and who would be the best fit and what makes sense to me. And I, before I make the decision, I just pray about it and I say, okay, God, like if this is what you want me to do, then, you know, let me know before I make a decision. Um, and it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time. Like um, I watch um, Transformation Church a lot. Do you? And they were talking, they had a faith series mm -hmm. and they were saying like how you have like baby faith. So um, I don't believe that God will give you something that's 300 pounds knowing that you can only lift 25. So right. you start trusting God with small um 
choices, like with small decisions, and then they get bigger over time. And that's another way you know that you're in your purpose. It's not like I'm making a big decision like, should I take this 100K from this person or not? It hasn't been that big of a decision, but slowly but surely it's been bigger and bigger and, and I've been able to it, handle it. Right? Yeah, so it's like I don't go into the gym trying to lift 600 pounds. I may start off with 50, something mm -hmm. that I know I can carry, and as that muscle is built, then right. I can handle um, right. bigger and better things. Right. How do you prepare for the world? When you go out uh, every day and you start off your day, we talk a lot about getting our mind right. Mm -hmm. If we try to get in a state of appreciation and gratitude and stay there, mm -hmm. then we generally have a pretty good day. Yeah. What do you do uh, to prepare for the day when you take on the world? Well, you know what? I listen to uh, Boss by Beyonce okay. and Jay-Z. That's my favorite, like, wake-up song. Get in the morning, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to get me going. Um, and I do a lot of, like, self-affirmations. Um, I have people that I can call to vent to, mainly uh, my cousin, my cousin Cresha. She's, like, my best friend, and right. we kind of... We bounce ideas off of one another. Um, I have a really good fan, friend in business, Michael Wilson, um, and he's in that same space as I am mm -hmm. as a CEO. So we're able to kind of like uplift each other. And so I have people and God has placed people in my life to where I'm feeling like the stress of it. And in the mornings, I just, you know, I know that this is the only thing that I know how to do. I can't dance. I don't know how to sing. <laughs> I'm too short to be a model. So this is all I got. I mean, um, and when you're only, I think when you're narrowed down just to one thing, mm -hmm. you kind of just, you just give in. This is what you're made for. Yeah, right? you give in to the will of God and you're like, okay, God, like, I'm going to get up and answer these emails. And you kind of just have to push yourself through it. It's been days where I've had to, like, wake up and just be like, you know what, girl, get up. Get right. up. You know, laying here is not going to make you any money. You're losing money. And um, I've been really able to take in my downtime to where if I don't have anything to do, I might go buy me a bottle of wine and I'm day drinking 12 o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> enjoying Sometimes it. Sometimes you got to just you take have, a break. Yes, right? you have to take a break and you have to enjoy that downtime because That's just right. because you're not busy doesn't make you less of a CEO. I mean, right. because when things, when we grow and expand some more, I'm not going to have that time to myself. There's a lot to be said for playing more, right? Yeah. So where there's more, you know, more value, you get busier. So it's like my schedule nowadays is crazy. I'm like here with you. And then I have to go to a meeting and I have to remember to eat. But, um, you know, dwelling. You have, wait, you have to remember to eat? Yes, because I'm in meetings. I've never forgot. No, <laughs> you have to kind of remind yourself. Like you I have to talk about that for a minute because I don't know what you're talking. You about. You ever been so busy that you don't eat? I mean, no. it's like nonstop, nonstop. No. Non no. Well, I, I have it's had ingrained that. in my brain. To, <laughs> yes. I, I know when it's lunch. Yes. Well, you know, it's been times where I have worked through my lunch and I've been like, you know what? And if someone's asked, like, have you eaten today? And I'm like, no. Or you forget what day it is. It's like, oh, on Wednesday, they're like, Sade, it's Friday. Yeah, <laughs> so, I've done that. I mean, just taking, I always tell people, like, if you want to be in business, take that slow time and use it to your advantage. You know, um, really enjoy that time because when things get busy, you're going to wish you had that time to lay out on your couch or right. spend time with friends or spend time with your kids. Um, there's something very uh very good about downtime oh, and absolutely. to where when you're when you are starting out in a business you think that downtime is terrible because you're not talking to anyone you're not actively doing anything but i encourage people take that downtime you and gotta recharge your batteries yeah right? recharge your batteries take time to kind of sit down and enjoy the time um and then you're fresh for the next day um 
but I feel bad for people that are CEOs that that are not um, in the faith. Right. Because I, if I didn't have God and I was doing this business, I would be who I don't know where I would be. To yeah, tell you the truth, I, I think there's a lot of folks out there that just don't get it, and I think they're proud. If somebody calls them a workaholic, then they think that's a good thing. No, it's not. It's not. Um, I think a lot of people go off of like pop culture to where it's like, um, I don't get, I don't sleep, I don't get any rest. I eat, sleep, and breathe this. I'm up at three, four o'clock in the morning. That's not a good thing because you start to deteriorate after a while and then if you look at um hip-hop artists or you know pop artists people that are in the music industry and they don't get any rest the first thing you watch these documentaries um you see them dragging oh, it'll, it'll, it'll i mean i was watching a documentary on um beyonce i love her um and but she was saying like how tired she was um and it's a clip of her and her mom in the elevator and she's like her mom's like are you tired and she's like no mom i'm i'm awake so it's mm -hmm. You have to rest. You're right. no good to anyone with all that fatigue. And, you know, it, it takes a wear and tear on the body as well. Yeah, it does. Well, I tell you what, I want to give you the opportunity. We've had some people submit some mm -hmm. viewers' questions. And one of the questions that they have submitted for you is, if we can't afford sell a respite, what are our options? Yeah. What are our options? So if you can't afford... Um, Slow out respite, which we are $25 an hour, which is not doable for some people. Um, you can always reach out to your local churches. Some churches, um, like Stonebriar Church out in Frisco, they have a wonderful special needs uh, ministry. So churches do um, respite. It may be like once, once a like once a month, like on a weekend. Um, reach out to um, some of those people. Reach out to family and make sure that you plan ahead of time. Like give your family two weeks notice. Like, hey, I want to do this. Can you keep my my kid? Um, going to the uh, local um, universities that have ABA or special needs um, training, or their uh, they have like those uh, programs for for people that want to be in special education, right. that gives them the opportunity to work directly in the field. So kind of using different avenues and um, reaching out to people or um, save your money, like Valentine's Day just passed. We know Valentine's Day comes, you know, every year. If you want to go out for Valentine's Day, start saving your money, the, you know, six months in advance, putting $25 up, you know, a right. month so you can buy a three respite hours, three yeah. or four hours. Um, sure. So it just really just depends on um, the different avenues. A lot of people are not in the big city, so they don't have a lot of choices. So um, getting with some groups, I know a lot of people, uh, they connect with other parents in their like local school district that have kids with autism. Get three or four families together and you guys switch off to oh, where, yeah, to where all three, so you have four families. And that doesn't cost anybody anything. No, it doesn't cost anybody anything. So you have four families, one family um, goes out for, you know, a night diet. A, a date night or a night out, whatever, and um, the other three are watching all the children together to where it creates a sense of community. Oh, the three people, okay. Yeah, so they're all watching them together because you don't know where they are on the spectrum. Some That's a little kids, bit nicer than all three of you putting them in one, yeah, in one home and all three of you. Absolutely, to so right? where you're still, the three people are still getting a break because right. they're in community. I was thinking it, about it the other way around. No, 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 no. I would not say <laughs> take on four kids, you right. know, other because it may be multiple kids um, and it be, may be more stressful right. and people will opt out faster. Oh, yeah. But if okay. you have a community to where, you know, everybody comes together, 
the three people, the three families that are not taking the respite, you can do that. Um, so, and that's something that's free. Um, that's a good idea. Yeah, so it's idea. different ways. You have to just be creative um, okay. or ask for gift certificates. We give out gift certificates. Oh, you, you know, oh. Yeah, so if you're So birthday, somebody could buy a gift certificate yes. from you and gift it to someone else. Yes, to where oh, nice. if you have, you know, Christmas or you're, you have um, your birthday is coming up, you tell them, like, I want hours from Salah Respite, and we give them a discount on top of that um, if they buy for other people. Little, so, little so yeah, nice. so a little bit of a discount as well. So um, instead of having your mom watch them, like, hey, mom, can I have? $200 so I can go out there and you, you know if it's like your birthday you yeah. know or something like that or they're just right. feeling you know that works yeah they just have like you know a, a urge or a um, passion to help you then that's something that you can ask for as well sure. mm -hmm. cool. all right we have another viewers question uh, for us as well uh, about insurance claims it says how do you deal with an insurance adjuster after a house fire um, that's a good question and what I would like to say to anyone if you have any type of claim, specifically a house fire, is that you always want to call your insurance company immediately. You want to preserve whatever happened. In other words, uh, don't let the damage get worse, but also take a lot of photos and don't make any repairs until the insurance adjuster has been out there and given you clearance to do that. And probably that means to have an estimate in your hands and be in good communication with them so you'll know what to do. So that is uh, what I would say to that, but uh, document everything, keep receipts, and uh, don't make repairs until you've been given clearance by the insurance company. Now, what I'd like to mention next is that, or talk about next is that if somebody wanted to get in touch with you or wanted to contact your company, mm -hmm. where, how would they get in touch with you? What, tell us about your website address and that type Yeah, of so our website address is www.salarespite.com. Our main email address is info at salarespite.com. And our direct phone number is 214-865-8343. And we're also located in downtown Dallas. is where our office is. And that's 2626 Cole Avenue, Suite 300. Um, you can always... It's, buttons on the website that have consultation forms and things of that nature and um we're pretty quick uh my assistant sherry she's awesome she catches Good. people um the main compliment that we get is that somebody needs help they yeah need help, right? we we you won't have to wait three or four days to hear from Good. us usually it's within 24 hours or less like Good. i have seen sherry answer emails at one o'clock in the morning Good. um so we are equipped and ready to help uh, when we need, and we, I have cleared my schedule to speak with parents and things of that nature because that's the meat of it. Right. Um, all right. the stuff that I get to do, especially being here with you, is extra to me, cool. right. but if a parent needed me, um, I will reschedule in a heartbeat um, because this is the reason why we're, we have this business, that's and good. they are the main focus. Well, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, having me. Yeah, you're welcome, and I appreciate you coming on. One thing we want to say is that I discovered this week that our podcast is on Apple Podcast. Uh, you can also see it on YouTube. We have a Facebook page, and if you would, go there and subscribe wherever you see your podcast, and uh, tell everybody about the show. We appreciate everybody watching, and uh, we've had great success, and a lot of people coming to our Facebook page and following. Pretty incredible. Uh, in the last two weeks, over 500 people have mm -hmm. gone there, and so this this is fun, yeah. and uh, we appreciate you being yeah. on. Thank you very much. You did Thank great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.